just say welcome to Rearview. Welcome to Rearview. I'm Claudia Schatz. And I'm Eliza Wilkins. And we welcome you to a special episode today. Because guess what? We're in the same place. Which is rare, actually. Very rare. So we're taking advantage of it, and we are at least beginning this episode with a bit of conversation. Why not? Conversational storytelling. What else can you do? And you don't always get to hear, actually, you never get to hear, really, a back and forth on Rearview. That's kind of the idea, but we're breaking it up a little bit Mm -hmm. for you for this final episode. This was my idea, by the way. So if it sucks... You know who to blame. Also, let's clarify that that voice is not Claudia Schatz. Oh, no, it's not. Well, you know, because Claudia has this, like, wonderful, soothing, like, beautiful voice oh that, my gosh. that leads you into the episode. So, <laughs> who is this voice? This is Eliza Wilkins. Yeah, I'm Eliza Wilkins. I'm a producer for Rearview. I'm the social media person. She really holds us together. Yeah, hit me up on social media. But it's a joy to have um, Eliza yeah. here. Physically to be here to discuss truly what we are discussing today, which is first kisses. Oh, were we supposed to say before and after? (laughs) We're going to be talking about first kisses and kisses in general, but specifically Mm -hmm. the moment right before a kiss Mm -hmm. and the moment right after a kiss. And why is that interesting to you? Well, I think we have a couple great stories that will illustrate why it's interesting to everyone else but to me personally it was always the moment around a kiss that scared me the most like scared me more than the kiss itself Mm -hmm. because I was one of the last of my friends to have my first kiss so I was very excited and like in tune with my friends about theirs I Mm. wanted the whole story I wanted all the details I wanted to know what it felt like who initiated it Honestly, what it tasted like, I did have this worry that it would taste bad. I don't know. I think I read a book that mentioned that. So I was following everyone else's story with great anticipation and trying to be ready for that experience. And I kind of had this sense that in my universe, in my world, because I'd never kissed anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, that didn't happen. Like I lived in the real world where you didn't kiss people. Mm. And I figured that when you kissed someone, you kind of went into this alternate crazy universe where like you can kiss somebody I could not fathom how you would possibly transition from this normal world where you have conversations with people and you hang out with them to the world where now you're kissing them and back Mm -hmm. again like how the moment that you are kissing someone Mm -hmm. must be so different from real life like you Mm -hmm. must just feel so removed from Mm -hmm. the everyday Okay. That you kind of have to, like, take a spaceship to get to this other dimension and then take a spaceship back. To, like, land on Earth again. Exactly. What do you do? What do you say? What What do you do with your body? What do you do with your face in the moment right before you kiss someone hmm. and in the moment right after? I always thought that that would be painfully awkward hmm. or just impossible to navigate. Did you find that that fear was founded or unfounded? pretty unfounded unfounded (laughs) well first of all because I would ask all my friends about it and I would be like what did you say right before how did it start how did it end like what did you do afterwards and they always sort of didn't remember yeah I was like I don't know we just sort of we sort of kept talking or like I don't remember who leaned in and I was like how do you not know (laughs) this is so important and yet for me my first kiss was with a friend um 
on Valentine's Day by accident. Ooh, honey. <laughs> it was it was the 13th, but it was very late at night, so it was mm. after midnight, okay. which meant it was Valentine's Day. And similarly, I don't have a super strong recollection of a transition moment. I do remember the sensation of him leaning in and like the light in the room getting blacked out by his <laughs> approaching figure. Not in a bad, scary way, but I had the time to think like, this is my first kiss. It's happening. His yeah. face is approaching my face. Here it comes. Oh my God, the kiss. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and then the physical contact was yeah. nice. And I remember just thinking like, wow, lips are really rubbery. They're really a rubbery. strange material. Okay. <laughs> and then I think the first thing I said after we stopped kissing was just the observation that it was kind of scratchy from his beard. Oh my God. <laughs> So that was the first thing you said after your first kiss. I think I literally said, hmm, scratchy. And he was like, what? And then you (laughs) promptly landed back on Earth. Exactly. I was really back to reality there. And then it was definitely striking how much you could just talk to someone, kiss them, and then talk to them again. Who knew? It was a very fluid transition. More fluid than you thought it would be. Yeah. Besides me making this weird comment. Yeah. But it it didn't disrupt the flow. You know, it's just about sensation. That's what I was really in tune with was like, okay, I can see him coming. I can see the light sort of fading. I can feel his Mm -hmm. mouth. I can feel beard stubble. Mm -hmm. I wasn't intellectualizing it as much as I thought I would need to. Because it was new, I think I was just focused on what do I feel? Mm -hmm. What's even happening? Yeah. So how about you? I think you might have a first kiss story. I think I might have a first kiss story. We just set the scene. She's really, really big on campus, like just a celebrity to me in many ways. And I was a young 19 year old, like a young one. So I was super excited to be in her presence, so much so that I was so red that she asked me if I had sunburn, if I'd gotten sunburn, because I was. beat red a lot of the time we were together and this was not the first time we had hung out we had gone to coffee together beat red we had gone to a play together I was beat red the whole time so I was really excited I was just kind of in awe of her aesthetic in all of her success on campus and it made me nervous and I was also nervous because it was the first time I was like obviously intimate with anyone and so we sat on her bed it was really funny like I had hair in my face or something and so she brought her grandma's handkerchief over to tie it around my head like a like a headband because she says she said I just hate hair in the face. It just drives me crazy, hair in the face. So I was like, okay, great. I get that. Sort of. No, but in the moment I was like, I'll do anything for you. Like, I'll put put your grandma's handkerchief on at any point in time. Like, and we're talking and then we're sort of like lying on the bed together and she kicks a glass off her nightstand and the glass shatters all over the floor so she has to 
vacuum up the glass that's on the and she's like careful watch your little footsies and I'm like okay 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 she's she's so weird but so cute at the same time and so I was you know sitting on the bed kind of anxiously awaiting her to finish vacuuming her floor and then she comes back onto the bed and there's some silence and she asks can I give you a smooch now and I'm like yes yes like totally red like yes 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 sweating and she kisses me and I do remember her mouth being like very all-consuming like it just almost went over like a like a claw so she had my mouth in her mouth and I was confused because it just kept going and I I didn't realize how you breathe when you kiss I was expecting her to kind of pull away after the first kiss but like she just kept going and like holding my mouth like tentacles and it was this really weird kind of choking sensation <laughs> I just remember it kind of felt like my mouth was in a vacuum like in the the suction cup and that like the suction cup was like sucking me and then she finally pulled away and I said the moment right after I said oh that was my first kiss and she was like oh my gosh where were my manners and like I should have asked and all of this and I was like no it's okay it's okay the moment before the kiss was really awkward I felt the silence really hard and I I really wanted it to be this like beautiful blossoming relationship so I wanted to open up to her I wanted to deepen it and then I kind of got the sense that we ran out of things to say and then it was the kiss and then the moment after was like just so funny because I really was so confused about how to breathe I guess since then I've learned how to breathe through my nose. Hi, Claudia here. To finish up, we've got one more first kiss for you. The before, the after, and the bedding that made it possible. I was in seventh grade. I'd just turned 13, maybe like three months prior, sort of a big coming of age period. And I had had this best friend maybe since like the middle of sixth grade. We had a group of friends of about three guys and her, and I don't think I really had like a crush on her up until maybe November of seventh grade. I don't know, in that time of my life, you judge your actions based on like how you think your parents would see it, based on how your siblings behaved. So like it was really, really important for her, for example, that that she not tell her parents about a romantic relationship up until Valentine's Day of seventh grade or her birthday of seventh grade, if not later, because her older brother did not announce a girlfriend until he was 13. But anyway, so we sort of like developed a crush on each other pretty slowly in the context of these like friend relationships. We made like a bet <laughs> and I won, but the, the context of the bet that we both agreed on was that if I were to lose, then I would have to kiss her. And if she were to lose, then she would have to kiss me. 
which led me to believe that we would probably both be be getting kissed. <laughs> and this was maybe in the beginning of December. And nothing really happened, right? We just sort of continued, but we would both sort of playfully be like, oh, well, you know, this still has to happen. We just, you know. And then we'd, we'd get onto a different subject. We could easily forget about it without much of a worry. But it was it was on my mind to some extent. I think it was December 18th that there was a snow day. We texted each other. I had just gotten a cell phone. And so we texted each other saying to meet at the big at the big sledding hill. And so my mom dropped me off and her mom dropped her off. We both met in the sledding hill and I don't know why the other two guys weren't there, but it was just the two of us. She could have just not invited them and I would have been clueless. And we decided for whatever reason that we should just sled together, probably because it's more fun when you're like with some other person, right? So we're clearly like cuddling and, and snuggling and all of this like, in our winter clothes, I probably had like eight layers. We were both like snowmen riding down this this sled hill. And so we would do this and then we would just like walk back up the hill. And so we'd talk for like five minutes and be like, that was really cool. And we'd just go again. And we probably did this like maybe 10 or 15 times over the course of a few hours. Inevitably, I think there was also another bet that took place. And I couldn't tell you what. It could have even been like a a coin flip or something as to whom would need to kiss who. And it was it was nearly exclusively her who needed to kiss me. I think the overall count was like, she owes me eight kisses and I only owe her three. Which I think just said that I was really strategic about my bets. At that point, after like maybe 15, going up the hill and then sliding back down together, really, really close, covered in snow. I was like, you know, we do have to, <laughs> we have to make use of these bets, right? It's not for nothing. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just sort of forgot and she forgot. And, and I didn't really think of anything. I think I would have happily done that for another two months. Just be like, oh, <laughs> I guess we have this bet that we haven't done and then forgotten about it. And I remember at one point we were on our walk up the hill. We noticed that there was this sort of clearing. So essentially one half of the hill was entirely grass that was mowed and everything for this specific purpose. And the rest of the hill was was all trees, all forest preserve. But we noticed this little gathering space of maybe a circle with about a 10-15 foot diameter, no trees. And so we just sort of walked up and like sat for a little while. And then we, we were about to get up and we, we stood up and we were about maybe five, six feet apart from each other. And she she just walked up to me without any notice and just pecked me on the on the lips. And it was probably like maybe a quarter of a second at max. But I was just like, oh, this is remarkable. <laughs> this is it. That's, this is what a first kiss looks like. This is cool. And she was like, you know, that that is pretty cool. So we probably kissed like that a quarter of a second max, maybe three or four more times. And then we just went up and sledded our bets that would inevitably end up in one of us kissing the other person were on their face extremely transactional. And yet I think it was the only way that it would have happened and we were so happy about it. She and I, in very, very different ways, were so clueless. <laughs> so we wanted to just know, well, when does this happen? How does it happen? Do we have to make a commitment for it to happen or can it just happen naturally? And if it does happen naturally, then who has to lead into it? And I think creating these sort of pseudo bets until we felt comfortable with each other's 
own physical intimacy to that limited extent, I think that was really our only path forward. And so it was both my like my first kiss and my first exposure to her. You just sort of do you just do you just walk up to her and that's it? Or <laughs> did she do that to you at first? Understanding like all of that dynamic with her in a combination of like understanding intimacy. And for me, I don't think I was so concerned about like the bodily part of it. Where would I put my lips? Where would I? How would, do I use tongue? Do I do I just put it in? Do I lick her teeth? Is this part of it? She had braces, so am I supposed to like get behind the bottom of her teeth and like lick the sort of metal part or maybe the retainer? Stuff that you never really think about until you're actually asking yourself, well, how do I engage with this person's body? in which that is all I know, right? I, I just knew she had a tongue and teeth and braces. I probably felt more in love with her at that moment than I can ever feel in the rest of my life. Because at, at age 12, you're just like, well, I guess we're going to have kids and we'll move back to this town and they will attend our same middle school. And either I will be a firefighter or a president or you will be a teacher or a doctor. <laughs> it wholly, wholly felt like a landmark. I mean, it was something that we both definitely remembered for the longest time as specifically our first kiss. And that's it for season two. Thank you so, so much for listening to and supporting Rearview. It makes us very happy to make this podcast, so we hope listening makes you happy too. Next up is season three. We're working hard to bring you new episodes sometime soon, but to do that, we'll need more stories. So here's how you can help. We've made a story proposal form that we'll be sharing soon on social media. And if you've got a story in mind to tell on Rearview, you can fill it out and send it to us anonymously. You should also feel free to share it with others who you think might have stories. We'll read all the submissions with care and reach out if we think we have a place for your story in upcoming seasons. So keep an eye out for that. Rearview is created, hosted, edited, and produced by me, Claudia Schatz, and co-produced by Eliza Wilkins, who is captain of our social media ship. Our theme music was composed by Charlie Romano. Our visuals are by Sarah Pinsano, Karen Shu, and Fig, and their artwork is currently lighting up our Facebook and Instagram pages, so go check that out. To get in touch with us with your questions or thoughts or hopes and dreams, write to us on Facebook or Instagram at Rearview Podcast or at cshats at wesleyan.edu. Thanks again for listening. We're sending you all our love until we're back with more stories in season three. Bye. All of my flaws will be revealed. Not at all. Well, usually I edit them out. <laughs>